Here's one of the highlights from the second Industrial Warehouse Summit held on August 24th. Good morning, everyone. Thank you uh, to the Far Bridge, Luis, and your team. Thank you for organizing this event, and thank you for the opportunity to, for us to come and talk to you about the investment opportunities that we have currently at the Port of Brownsville. Uh, I guess it was just mentioned earlier, you know, not everybody's familiar with, the, with you know, what's happening at the port. We're more familiar with our land ports. But however, for that purposes, we want to just play a short video uh, for you guys to come become a little bit more familiar with the Port of Brownsville, and then we'll go on with our presentation. It's a very short two-minute video. <clears throat> Welcome to the Port of Brownsville, known around the world as the Port That Works. My name is Eduardo A. Campirano, I'm the Port Director and CEO, and I'm your host for today. The Port of Brownsville opened in May of 1936, and is the largest land-owning public port authority in the United States with approximately 40,000 acres. The port is the only deep-water seaport located directly on the U.S.-Mexico border, offering unrivaled access to markets on both sides of the border. Most importantly, we are the closest deep water port serving Mexico's industrial centers in Monterrey, a prime manufacturing base for automaking, consumer electronics, and home appliances. The Port of Brownsville is a versatile marine terminal operation supporting businesses dependent upon a wide range of cargoes, refined petroleum products, bulk steel materials like slab and cold and hot roll steel coils, or scrap steel, Sand, sugar, cement, windmill components, and limestone are some of the many commodities handled here. And an emerging container on barge service between Brownsville and Tampa, Florida, provides efficient connections with the East and Midwest United States via the I-95 and the I-75 corridors. The port's facilities include 1 million plus square feet of covered storage, 3 million plus square feet of open storage, six liquid cargo docks, along with 13 general cargo docks, providing a safe, secure, and environmentally responsible location for international trade is a top priority. The Port of Brownsville offers and supports multiple modes of transportation, including ocean-going vessels, all major U.S. and Mexican truck lines, rail service throughout all of North America, with a focus on Mexico, barge service, and pipeline access to U.S. and Mexican terminals. That's it? All right. Well, you see the, the video of a seaport, and I guess you're wondering, you know, what does that have to do with warehousing, and, you know, why are we, why, why are we here in the, for this summit? But we'll get to that point. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Um, so... I guess it was mentioned on the video, but it is important to point out some of the things that our port director, Mr. Campirano, was mentioning in that, in that video. You know, the port was uh, opened in, in 1936, which means it's got an 87-year history of being a driving force of economic development, not only for Brownsville, but for the region as a whole. You know, it was mentioned in the video, the port does have 40,000 acres of land, making it the largest land-owning port in the United States. And why is this important? Because the fact that we own so much land allows us to, to provide a buffer zone around our, surrounding, uh, around our community, around the you know, urban areas, the residential areas, the commercial developments. You know, we can focus exclusively on industrial development at the Port of Brownsville. Um, we uh, you know, are mentioned it was the only deep water seaport uh, directly on the Mexican border. 
You can see two strips of land that go directly to the river. It's the squiggly gray line that's, you know, the river that divides the Me Mexico and the United States. So on that, uh, where Guillermo's pointing currently, we, the, the port holds a presidential permit uh, issued in 1992 for a uh, potential uh, new bridge crossing between Mexico and the, uh, Matamoros, Mexico and the United States, uh, directly to the port of Brownsville uh, for uh, commercial vehicles and potentially railroad traffic. Um, you know, our, our shipping channel, which is 17 miles long from our turning basin all the way into the Gulf of Mexico, is currently at a, at a draft or at a depth of 42 feet. Uh, we are working on a project, you know, we've just begun this year to take that uh, draft from 42 feet to 52 feet, which will allow us to bring larger vessels, which means obviously more cargo to the Port of Brownsville. Uh, this alone is about a $400 million investment. Um, I've already mentioned the presidential permit. Um, last year, in 2022, the port handled over 12 million tons of cargo, divided evenly, uh, approximately, between uh, our hydrocarbons, uh, liquid cargo, petroleum-based products, as well as steel products. Uh, steel in all its variants, you know, steel slabs, steel coils, and scrap steel. Uh, we also uh, handle cargo, as you saw in the images in the video, you know, a lot of wind components. Uh, minerals, aggregates, sugar, salt, and uh, a lot of locally grown grain products. In fact, we're currently loading a vessel, uh, st we started on Monday, a vessel that is taking locally grown sorghum uh, for export into Asia. Um, on any given day, the port uh, employs approximately about 9,000 uh, people. Uh, divided, you know, obviously the, the, the Brownsville Navigation District as well as other private terminals, uh, you know, the most important being Keppel Landfills, which alone employs over you know, 2,000 people every single day. And of course, we are very proud uh, of our neighbors to the south of us, uh, which is SpaceX. So we consider ourselves the, the home port uh, for all SpaceX activity. And we do handle some of their cargo, particularly the oversized uh, fuel um, containers that they, they're bringing in and other, you know, that are barged in from, from Florida and other, and other areas of the, of the country. In terms of regional connectivity, um, obviously that is a reference, uh, how do we get to this area where we are today, to the far, you know, how do we get to far? Well, we're very well connected via our, you know, our state highways, our, you know, interstate highways, and, uh, and you know, not on the map, but we have also have rail connectivity. Uh, domestically within the United States, we, you know, between uh, Union Pacific and uh, BNSF railways, railways, and uh, going south into Mexico, we are uh, partnering with uh, CPKC, uh, Kansas, uh, Canadian Pacific uh, Kansas City, uh, and on the Mexican side it's C CPKC de Mexico. You know, a lot of our, we have just basically two unit trains every day that leave the port into Mexico just carrying steel slab. Um, on the next map, you will see, uh, the next slide, I'm sorry, you will see the connectivity from the Port of Brownsville to the rest of the world. Uh, obviously, we touch basically every continent of the world. You know, we, we, our biggest trading partner, aside from Mexico, of course, is uh, currently Brazil. With, uh, we get a lot of our steel slab from uh, going, coming into the Port of uh, Brownsville. Uh, eventually find its way into uh, Pesqueria Fraternium, the Mexico's uh, gigantic facility in, in, in Nuevo Leon, 
and all that steel is coming from their facility, Ternium de Brasil in Sao Paulo. Uh, we, you know, we, go, we have uh, commodities going into Argentina, obviously into Asia. Uh, we do a lot of business with Europe, particularly with Spain, uh, and cement products and uh, wind components. Uh, we used to get a lot of steel components from Russia, but for obvious reasons, that is no longer the case. Uh, and we, do, we, you know, just the map shows exactly, you know, the importance of global connectivity to the Port of Brown. Uh, the next slide is uh, building a, a, a competitive binational region. You know, this is, uh, before we get into this slide, I, th I think we need to go a little bit more in depth of the things that are happening around the port. And, you know, this is how we tie into why we are here today. Um, you know, there's, obviously we've seen in the press, we've seen in the news, uh, big investment you know, at the port. I mentioned our growing steel market, the fact that we um, currently are, are having 5.5 million tons per year of steel going, uh, imported through the port into Mexico. But the, this company, Turnium de Mexico, as I mentioned, is, is growing, is expanding. It, it just recently announced its, its expansion project in, in Nuevo León, uh, a multi-billion dollar investment. And it's heavily, uh, I guess the Port of Brazil is heavily supportive of, this, of its role in expansion in Nuevo León. So Turnium is, is looking into a, a, a new, a dedicated terminal, their own facility, to, you know, because they are in support of their production facility in Nuevo León, they need to bring in an additional 3.3 million tons of uh, raw materials, minerals, and other, and other uh, types of cargo uh, for this new project. And, and that's, that alone is about a $200 million investment. We have another very important Mexican uh, uh, investment, which is Forza Steel. Um, over a $100 million facility. It's a 650,000 square foot uh, production facility. Um, it'll be uh, dedicated to fabricating steel pipe, uh, creating an additional 150 full-time employments at the Port of Brownsville. And of course, uh, b before we go into the slide, last but not least, I mean, we saw last month in July the announcement of a positive investment decision by uh, uh, Next Decade, which is Rio Grande LNG, you know, that investment alone is, you know, the number is even astonishing me today, you know, $18.4 billion investment coming to the, to the region. You know, and it's something that we not only celebrate for Brownsville, but the importance and the significance this has all over the region. You know, that we were talking to their construction company, Bechtel, you know, they've, after the announcement, the following day, there was already construction crews at the site. They have these huge equipment, you know, these huge, you know, it was like every, little boy's dream to see these big Tonka truck type things. Uh, you know, it's just incredible. I mean, I counted the equipment the other day when I was passing by there, you know, there were over a hundred pieces of equipment and they're just moving dirt and moving dirt. And by the end of this year, they're supposed to have 600 full-time employees working on the construction of this facility. By the end of next year, that number will grow to 5,000 employees just working on the construction alone. So what does that mean for the consumer? I mean, housing, you know, what does that mean in, t in, tales of, in, in terms of, uh, you know, lodging, housing, uh, restaurants, you know, just the growth in, in itself. We've already seen people moving into the region, moving into Brazil, moving into Laguna Vista, moving to Port Isabel. You know, all these areas will see significant growth and hopefully that will expand all through the region here, in the, at, you know, all the way through, all through the Rio Grande Valley. Um, so we see all this growth, but you know, we asked ourselves at the port, 
you know, what do we need to do additionally in support of all this growth? So this is how we got here today. You know, as mentioned earlier, our biggest asset is our land. We have over 40,000 acres of land, you know, but what's the point of having 40,000 acres of land if you don't use it? Uh, you know, this is why, you know, the phenomenon of nearshoring, reshoring, which we've heard all morning about, uh, industrial expansion projects in, in Mexico, you know, the value-added logistics that we, that we are proud of at the, at the Port of Brownsville, you know, what do we need to do? Okay, well, we need to enhance our infrastructure. We, that, we, we need to enhance our docks. We need to enhance our rail operations. Um, our, you know, uh, our channel deepening is the project I just mentioned. You know, what else do we, can we do? Our multimodal transportation, our worldwide connectivity, which we already have, you know, support our organic growth in the steel and the energy business. But, you know, we're still missing, we were missing something. So, we, you know, obviously we decided that what we're missing is what you guys have identified already is industrial development and warehousing. So that's what we were working on now is our, our new industrial park at the Port of Brownsville. Uh, we identified actually three locations uh, for potential uh, development. Uh, we prioritized the one in the middle, which is, it says, fa actually, no, phase one, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, the 118-acre site, uh, it's adjacent to our turning basin, which means it's immediately, you know, just you know, a few feet away from our docks, uh, rail connectivity, uh, you know, adjacent to the east of it, I'm sorry, to the west of it. And, uh, you know, the, I, I guess we, we've identified that a lot of the growth at our port and a lot of the people who we have been discussing, they need warehousing space and, they, and or areas for light manufacturing and, or, and, and development at the port. Ideally, what we're looking for is people who would use our maritime services, but, you know, they could take advantage of all our logistics and multimodal modes of transportation um, at this location. Uh, that would be a phase one project. Directly south of it is a 44-acre site, uh, a potentially immediate phase two project. And a little bit independent of itself is a nine-acre site right off the State Highway 48, and, uh, I mean, Highway 48 and, and State Highway 550. That's our main entrance of the port. And that's a little bit more of a site if, you, some, if somebody needed more uh, uh, highway connectivity or wanted to, to really uh, showcase their facility, that is a, a, a standalone site for a, you know, potentially a 150,000 square foot industrial uh, building. Um, that's just to put in context where, um, where our, develop, our 118 acres site is. Um, I'm kind of blind. I don't see what the. <laughs> but uh, um, so anyway, that's the the location. In fact, I might have to get closer. Memo, can you help me? What is that slide saying? Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I appreciate the help. Okay, perfect, thank you. I need, I need better glasses. But um, I guess in the next slide we can see, I can, we can show you what that, is, what that uh, whole is about. You'll see the layout of, of, of our facility. And that's where you'll see the, the 18 lots, uh, the largest of the lots uh, to the north of it, uh, 11 uh, acres, and the other one is, I think, nine acres. 
and the rest vary uh, from lots uh, between 4.6 acres to, to 7 acres. Obviously, if somebody needed more land, well, they could acquire more lots. Um, uh, that is what the, 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 the facility will look like, or the, the, the layout of the industrial park will look like. And then in the following uh, slide, we have some views, uh, kind of an aerial view of the layout. It's the same layout, just a, a, of an aerial view. And then the following slide is a slide that, that well, this is what, what will be provided. We are currently working, uh, the Port of Brownsville decided to invest with its own capital in, in this project just to, you know, to install all the infrastructure. I mean, we will provide um, roads, you know, concrete, wide, for designed for heavy loads, obviously storm drainage, uh, fire suppression system with hydrants on each lot, multimodal transportation, maritime, rail, truck, uh, a security perimeter fence, obviously street lighting, underground uh, electrical conduits, uh, circuits, as well as for fiber optics, you know, services, water and drainage, electricity, natural gas connectivity, fiber optics, 24-7 uh, controlled access. I mean, the Port of Brownsville does have its own police department and security department, so, you know, it's, it, that will, security will be provided. Um, and a, a truck staging area adjacent to the, to the, to the park. Uh, we are part of the FTC number 62. In fact, we were just... Uh, bumped up from being number three in the nation to the number two in the FTZ in the, in the nation. And hopefully with these LNG projects, uh, you know, we'll see that number even rise even more. Uh, you know, we're shooting for number one. Um, an overweight corridor that takes us from the Port of Brownsville to uh, the Veterans Bridge at Los Tomates. That allows us to, to obviously, to, to uh, load trucks to Mexican uh, weight limits which is a big uh, competitive advantage. And uh, that is an image that I really like. Uh, that, this site, uh, I guess, at some point in time, was uh, a landfill. So it is, uh, we've done our geotechs, there's nothing to be concerned about under the... <laughs> but, uh, so this site was actually, uh, it lies well above the rest of the, 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 the properties around the port. So we have anywhere ranging from 16 feet above sea level to 26 feet above sea level. Um, and the rest of the port is at sea level or maybe eight feet above sea level, which puts it like in a, in a floodplain. So this is a very unique site to the area, uh, well above a 500 year floodplain, uh, you know, making those concerns of flooding, you know, I guess we can, not be too worried about those. Uh, and the next, is that it? Yep. Well, thank you very much. I mean, just to mention that, uh, sorry, <laughs> just to mention, you know, like I said, we are investing in the basic infrastructure for the industrial facility, but obviously looking for potential investors to actually build the, the industrial buildings itself. Uh, thank you very much.